0: The Bills and the Browns. How about this? Uh, did you see? Did you see the photos?
1: I saw it. I saw it.
0: Whoa, seventy-seven <laughs> inches.
1: <laughs> That's insane.
0: It, I, I mean, it, wild, wild. Yeah. So, of course, uh, the Bills and the Browns—they had to get to Detroit. They're going to be playing in Detroit. Fast track. Um, you know what? What does that mean for this match? I, I love the over here in, in in this game, especially since they're going to be playing in controlled conditions. Uh, both these teams offensively have been been able to put up a lot of points. Both of them, uh, you know, obviously you know what Josh Allen does each and every week, but the Browns with a very balanced attack with Chubb and Hunt, as well as uh, what's going on with uh, Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think they're hoping to get uh, uh, um, Njoku. They're tied in back this week. What are your thoughts with this Bills-Browns matchup?
1: Yeah, I think... um that's uh, sitting at 50 for the over it's 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 always tough when you have to midstream adjust like that there's going to be you know there's going to be some miscues here and there and I I think that the offenses are going to benefit from it so uh, I'm with you on on taking the over I just think the whole situation is 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 quite comical that lake effects no is is no joke um so you know you got to give a lot of credit to to the the people in the nfl and in the front office all the people who have to schedule and and you know make the changes of plans i'm sure they've been working tirelessly to try to get all the logistics correct so that they can get these teams out there there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that you know once you you step away from the game you realize um there's a lot that goes into you know getting these games off without even uh without, without even talking about the players so um appreciate all the staff that helps out
0: so, so what does it mean for the team, you know, last-minute change, you no longer have a home game, you've got to get on a flight. Apparently, it took, like, a, a, a village to get the team to the airport and for the the, the flight to be able to take off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, any concern here for, the, for this Bills team, considering all that they had to go through this week to even just get to Detroit?
1: No, I, I think as when you by the time you get to the NFL, you're a professional and you're expected to to be professional and be prepared for all different kind of things. I think it from for for my experience, when things were outside of our control that were going on, we looked at it as an as an opportunity because we knew that we were going to be less distracted than whoever we were playing up against because we were, you know, that well prepared and and whatnot. So um, no, I don't I don't look to I don't look. I don't think that there's going to be any drop-off of the team um, like the Bills. Like I said, if there, if there are miscues, usually it'll be on the defensive side and you'll see the offense be able to capitalize on it. But I don't think it's, it's not going to be like a debacle or anything like that. I don't think any team or whoever wins or loses this game is not going to come out and blame um, travel or, or weather or anything like that. You know, you just, you're, you're a football player, man. Line up and play ball. We can play ball anywhere.
0: I love that. Um, this past week, uh, a number of big name players went down Kiwi, right? Cooper cup, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. It's, it's, it's around that time, right? Bodies are are starting to deteriorate. Right. And, and, you know, ligaments and, and muscle structure and all that is, is starting to be compromised. Um, you know, it's 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 those players that, that spend more time in the facility, right? Like mm-hmm. taking care of your body, getting that extra yep. treatment, right?
1: Yep, it's crucial. You know, my first year, I remember training camp. This is back when, you know, we used to go back-to-back training camp days, you know, up there. And it was, I think it was it's probably day two. But as a rookie, I felt like it was day 17, you know. And Chris Snee pulled me aside and was like, hey – Uh, you come over here, get in this cold tub. And that was my first introduction. Like you feel like a new man when you go out for the afternoon practice after you've been in the cold tub. And ever since then, it's like, Hey, what what else do you have? Let's take advantage of it. It, Taking care of your body. It's discussed, but I think when you're young, you don't really quite understand what that means. Sometimes it's really just getting a full night's sleep, not staying up and watching TV and, and making sure that you're eating right. So you got, you know, your tart cherry juice for inflammation. You've got, you know, dry needling, you've got massage, you've got um, stretching, like all the different things. You know, you have that tennis ball that you're rolling under your foot or trying to put in your hip flexor. Those those hits are cumulative. And those things that, you know, that, that pop up a little bit here and there, you know, in year two and three, they become big deals in year seven and eight. So you continuously have to take care of your body over the long term. but then in the short term, you're still battling back. You know, you had a, a finger injury and it doesn't seem like a big deal, but now every time you put your hand in the dirt, you're thinking about it. So so you've got to, you got, you got to make sure that your body is in, is in a peak condition for an entire season. And unfortunately, it's just at some point, it's, it's enough things are going to happen that you're not going to be able to play. But as long as you can, you've got to make sure that you're, you know, everything is available.
0: And just to get you up to speed on, uh, on some of the news and notes out there, uh, Hackett, uh, head coach for the Denver Broncos, is going to give a play calling du- duties to, uh, to Kubiak. So interesting to see how that changes. Don't forget, Denver going up against the Raiders today, and the Raiders really reeling right now. Uh, Gus Edwards, not expected to play. Ooh, wow. Okay, so that solves a lot of problems for us in that Ravens backfield. So if you have Kenyon Drake, tee him up. Uh, he will be the beneficiary of, uh, of the majority of the carries in the backfield for the Baltimore Ravens today. So Gus Edwards, not expected to play today, week Eleven. Uh, Heineke is going to be the starter until he is not. And, and, and you know, let's, let's, uh, I want to come back to you here, uh, Kiwi. What, 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 I mean, what took so long? What, what, I, I mean, like, why even bring wins, like, you know, the, the way that Heineke finished the season last year um, was, was impressive. Like, I just, like, and, and I, I actually, I called a few skeletons
1: organizational dysfunction that's mm-hmm. that's what happened
0: I, so I, I called a few scouts after the washington team beat philadelphia and and we saw what what kind of night uh, heineke had mm-hmm. and uh, i was just like talk to me like when when heineke was coming out like what was your evaluation of him and you know and and i had two scouts tell me he's just that guy that he was the like when, when you're playing when, when you're a kid and you're playing pickup back pickup football at a park or in your backyard. Like he's the first pick. He's not the most athletic dude, mm-hmm. but he's the guy that's going to win the game for you. Right? Like, he's just like, he's just, he's, he's very cerebral. He understands the game of football. He, he, he processes extremely quickly and he knows how to win. And, and also yeah. he, he knows how to uh, really um, g- get, get guys in that locker room, um, to, to follow his lead. He's a great leader of men uh, when it comes. So, so this is what a lot of scouts were telling me. You know, he's not, you know, he, there's no bells and whistles with him, right? Like yep. he's no, obviously, you know, he's no Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's not going to do all those, but like he's just one of those guys who just, he just knows how to win. Mm-hmm. And so, and, 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 and at the end of the day, NFL teams are, are playing football, not fantasy football. At the end of the day, that's what matters. And he's yep. helping this Washington team win.
1: Yeah, it's it's not easy to to garner the respect of of an NFL locker room. I mean, you're we're with each other so often. Like you spend more time with your teammates than you do with your families for the majority of your career or the season, right? So, um, you know, he's he's one of those players as you mentioned. He Gets it done, right? So the, the best stat, the most important stat, is the the win column. But you know, when you when you're able to rally guys around you and people believe in you and they're they're playing with more intensity as soon as you step on the field and there's that camaraderie in that sense. Like those are things that you can't really you can't really replace. Like they don't always show up on the on the stat sheet, but but they're very important and they're crucial. I think you know you ask what happened. I mean, the Washington Commanders, like they've obviously been through a lot and you know organizational dysfunction starts from the top and it goes all the way down all the decision making is questionable and that puts players in a in a bad state you know yeah you're playing football but if you don't understand or don't um know why decisions are being made at, at the at the higher level or even worse if you know that bad decisions are being made it's it's very difficult to be able to go out there and focus but um you know, divisional games are divisional games. It's not something to overlook at any point. Um, you know, and right now he's getting it done.
0: So apparently he's gonna be the starter until until he ain't. <laughs> um, Falcons. Check back in,
1: Check back in weekly.
0: Falcons stinking is uh, sticking with Marcus Mariota. Devontae Adams dealing with an ab abdomen injury, but is expected to play today. Keenan Allen, as well as Mike Williams, Adam Schefter is reporting both are expected to play later on tonight against Kansas City. That's going to be a fun game. Adam Schefter is also confirming that Mark Andrews, tied in for the Baltimore Ravens, is expected to play today as well. So those are your updates. 800 919 When we come back, it's time for my locks of the week. It's it. Kiwi's favorite segment. Uh, went 1-2 and two, my first losing week last week. Went 1-2 and two last week. So I'm sitting at 20, I'm still 23 and seven on the season. That's not half bad. 23 and seven on the season. Hopefully I can, I can pull away with a, pull out a, a number three, a, another three and zero week here in week 11. My locks of the week next. Also, we have Rich Samini who's going to be joining us in about 15 minutes talking Jets. And then of course, Kiwis keys to the game, uh, what the Jets need to do in order to beat the New England Patriots today. And of course, as always, Mike Tannenbaum joins us at the top of the 10 o'clock hour as well. So still a lot more coming your way here on 90.7 ESPN.
1: 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
2: It is three locks of the week.
0: That's right. It's time for locks of the week. And I had my first losing week last week. Maybe because I was just talking about uh, extensively how great I was doing this season. I, I kind of <laughs> I jinxed myself. Who knows? Uh, but I am 23 and seven on the season. So that's good. Um, so. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should just stop making picks right now. And uh, <laughs> No, yeah, you got to finish
1: it out. You gotta write at twenty
0: three, at twenty three and seven. Okay, uh, all right. So where am I rolling? I'm I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, now, the Colts, and I, I I love Jeff Saturday. Love him. Worked with him when when he was at ESPN before COVID. Of course, was making trips up to Bristol. Spent a lot of time in the quote unquote green room. Uh, that's where you sit before and after makeup. And um and just just love the man. But uh, this Raiders team is just god awful. I just, I truly believe Josh McDaniels is, 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 just needs to go back to, please, just go back to New England. Just be an (laughs) offensive coordinator under Bill Belichick and, and, and call it a career. Uh, You know, this is a, this is a Raiders team. No pressure rate at all against Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, and, and a big reason why he was so successful. This Indianapolis Colts offensive line is just god-awful. It's going to be a different situation. It's going to be a different scenario this week against the Eagles, who are coming off a very upsetting loss to Washington. Pretty much gave the game away. Too many mistakes. So, uh, so I, I, I do like the Eagles here, but the Eagles are one of the best teams, if they not best team in the first half. The Colts are one of the worst teams in the first half, so I'm going back to that. So I'm going to play the Eagles minus three and a half in the first half against the Colts. Okay, that's play number one. Okay, I think sure. I think the Eagles rebound big time. I think they're ticked off. I think they're coming in here angry.
1: Come on, uh, and
0: I. Th- and I think, yeah, and I, I think it was a mirage in regard to what happened with the Colts. I don't think people realize just how god-awful that Raiders team is. Uh-huh. So, um, and, and again, just because the Eagles are so good in the first half and the Colts are not, uh, I'm going Eagles minus three and a half in the first half against the Colts. That's play number one. Your thoughts?
1: Uh, I'm with you 100%. I, I don't... Um... I'm not one of those people who, who got it confused about how bad the Raiders actually are and how difficult it is to come across wins in the NFL. The general consensus is the same. Everybody loves Jeff Saturday. Um, however, you know, is he prepared to start going up against some of the big boys in this league? I don't think so. So I'm with you on this one.
0: Okay. Uh, number two, and I jumped on this early because I thought this line was going to move, but it has not and that's Minnesota at home, plus one and a half against the Dallas Cowboys. So as we know, this is a Minnesota Vikings team. They upset Bill's mafia in overtime last week. Uh, Justin Jefferson, can you argue that possibly he's one of the best, if not best wide receiver in the NFL? I think you can. I think Kirk Cousins is, is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. I love their balance attack. I think, I think Dalvin Cook is going to run all over this Dallas Cowboys rushing defense. Meanwhile, Dallas, they lose to the Packers. Their defense uh, has given up 60 points in their last two games, gave up 31 points to the Green Bay Packers, gave up 29 points to the Chicago Bears. Also, this is their second road trip. So back-to-back road trips. And, oh, by the way, they have a match, a game against the Giants on Thursday. Um, And uh, so, so for all those reasons... I like Minnesota. I would say Minnesota. I'm I'm going to play Minnesota on the money line, but my bet here is because you never know could come come down to a point. So uh, my bet here is the Minnesota Vikings plus one and a half against the Dallas Cowboys. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. Just because I, I just I'm I'm not 100% bought in on the Cowboys and uh, what the Vikings have been able to do this year. It is it's setting themselves up. Now I'm with you on this one.
0: Uh, let me ask you this: Just you know. Are you sold on Dak Prescott? Because I'm not. I no. never have been. I mean, no. listen, great, great guy, great guy. You know the the kind of guy you want to root for. Great dude, but I, I just I'm just not sold on him, Kiwi. I'm not.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think he he's definitely uh, he's good. He's elite or however you want to like categorize him. But for for some reason, it's just is just not there, you know, something's missing. It's, it's too up and down. Um, and now health has become, you know, a major factor. No, I'm, I'm not sold on, on him in terms of, is he the guy that's going to lead this team to a championship? Is he, is he a good quarterback? Absolutely. You know, is he proficient? Yes, absolutely. But is he the guy that's going to march down the field week in week out and lead his team to a victory? I don't think he's there.
0: Um, Okay, so we're so we're on we're on the same side there. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's pick number two is the Minnesota Vikings, um, home dog and home dogs by the way are dominating uh, this year in in the NFL. It's it's they're winning at like a sixty eight percent rate. It, it's 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 ridiculous. And then last but not least is this evening game um, tonight. Oh no no I'm sorry I'm going I'm going Rams Saints. Uh, I'm going Rams Saints under here for a number of reasons. Matthew Stafford is going to get the start, but his offensive line is, is just god-awful. Um, this, this Rams, they, uh, they don't, and, and of course, they don't have Cooper Cup now. So who's Stafford going to throw to? Allen Robinson hasn't done much this season. Van Jefferson, he stretches the field, but Stafford is not getting an, enough time to even allow that play to develop. He only has one or fewer touchdowns in each game this season, Matthew Stafford. In the backfield, not sure what they're doing there. Of course, you've got Akers, Henderson. Kyron Williams is, is a, a running back who was just activated off IR last week. Played 16 snaps. Had three receptions for 30 yards, which is great. But um, when, when Higby, your tight end, is, is, is more than likely going to be your, your, your biggest target, I just think they're going to struggle against the Saints. The Saints are, are sticking with Andy Dalton. He's got seven starts. Uh, to the season. Kamara has been a show of himself as well. He's only averaging 3.4 yards per carry. I think they're going to have a difficult time running the football against the Rams. So I say all this, I know I sound like a negative Nelly, but I say all of this to say the under at 39. Rams, Saints, not, of a, not a lot of offensive firepower, not, of, not a lot of explosion. Here's another thing. I think this Rams team, this Rams offense is going to figure out like it's going to don't you think it's going to take them a minute? Like, how do you score without Cooper Cup in your offense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. It's going to take a minute to, like, figure that out. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I could be I could have been persuaded either way on this one. So given your track record, I'll go with you on this one. Ah! Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just because I think they put the line at a pretty, pretty reasonable number at thirty nine and a half.
0: 39 it's well yeah. man if i could get it 39 and a half did it move up to 39 and a half oh yeah oh look at that look at you giving me an cool extra so. point thanks teammate <laughs> um <Okay>. so so <laughs> so just to recap uh my locks of the week uh love the eagles minus three and a half at the half against the colts okay eagles best first half team in the nfl colts one of the very worst first half teams so eagles minus three and a half. In the half. Play number two, the Minnesota Vikings at home, plus one and a half against the Dallas Cowboys. I think the wrong team is favored here. And play number three, the Rams and the Saints, just not a lot of offensive firepower on either side, so I'm going under 39 and a half points, under 39 and a half points for the Rams-Saints game. Those are my three locks of the week. Okay, Um, 800-919-3776. Maybe you've got a lock, maybe you've got a play, maybe you've got a question. We're here for you. Also, we get back, Rich Samini who uh, has an excellent podcast out called Flight Deck, does a great job covering the Jets, joins us next. You've got, of course, Zach Wilson and the Jets getting ready to take on the New England Patriots up there in Foxborough. Weather conditions, we had um, a caller who, who called in not too long ago, uh, who's up there, who said that it's, it's, it's quite chilly and uh, quite windy. Uh, what does that mean offensively for these two teams? Uh, I told you earlier, my play here is the under at 38. I don't think a lot of points are going to be scored in this matchup either, especially how good these two defenses are. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll break it down with Rich Samini next, right here on New York Game Day. 98.7 ESPN. This is your Jets Report brought to you by 2 by London, the engagement shop at London Jewelers. And so uh, let's bring in Rich Samini. he's got a great podcast flight deck we hear him each and every week right here on 90.70 SPN with his uh, Jets preview each and every week for the games. Good morning Rich how you doing
2: Good morning Anita Good morning Kiwi how you guys doing
0: We're great we're great let's let's dive in right there in regard to Zach Wilson um, you know this this could be a, a, a you know am I being a drama queen here to say that this could be a career defining game for him? Um, if he limits his turnovers and, and the Jets having a, a really unbelievable season, start to the season so far, go up there and beat the Patriots in Foxborough, what are your expectations for him this year, this this, this game?
2: Well, I career-defining, um, perhaps a little strong on that, but uh, definitely the biggest game of his career. I think that's fair to say. Um, you know, let's face it. He's had struggles against the Patriots. He started three games against them. He's played a total of 10 quarters. And he's had seven interceptions. It's like Bill Belichick's defense is in his head for some reason. You know, it gets in the head of a lot of young quarterbacks, so he's not alone in that respect. But he played really well against Buffalo in the last game, but right before the bye. And so he's coming in with a lot of confidence. And he said the other day that he learned from those mistakes in the last Patriots game, and he's going to get a great opportunity to avenge that game to get the Belichick stuff out of his head and prove to everyone that he can beat the Patriots. So this is, you know, it is a really, really big game for Zach
1: Wilson. You, you heard him say that, you know, he wasn't being careless and that he he just missed, right? So it's almost as though, you know, they're extending the leash a little bit. Talk to me about how long is this leash? Like how, when, at what point is there going to be a, a change in tone regarding how they talk about the quarterback and interceptions or turning the ball over?
2: Well, I mean, they're
1: not going to bench him.
2: I mean, that's out of the question. I mean, this, the entire franchise's future is, is hitched hitch to him. So, uh, you know, will they show some tough love at some point? You know, yeah. look, he had one really bad game against the Patriots. And uh, I, I think you've seen some quotes from Robert Sala in the last couple of weeks how he feels that Zach Wilson is taking too much criticism just because of that one game. In fact, I think the words he used were, he goes, I think people are holding him hostage to those few mistakes he made in that game. And to a certain degree, I agree with him, actually. I mean, it was one horrific game, but if you look at the rest of his season, in four of his six starts, he's thrown no interceptions. Uh, Has every game been... A gem? No. I mean, the Denver game was really rough for him. He didn't play that great against Green Bay either, and they managed to win. But he is—he played exceptionally well against arguably the best defense in the league in Buffalo. So he's coming in on a good note. And um, so I, I don't think those Jets will ever change their approach to Zach Wilson. They're always going to be very publicly supportive of him.
0: You know, uh, you know, obviously a solid rushing attack uh, helps every quarterback, right? Um, and and now James Robinson, a, a few weeks in this offense, Michael Carter, obviously the one-two punch. I, I mean, listen, we, we've we've seen what James Robinson was able to do in Jacksonville. Um, you know, is 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 this the game that we see Robinson kind of take the lead more so than Carter? How do you envision this backfield playing out today, Rich?
2: It sounds like a fantasy related question, either <laughs> um, possibly.
0: Which, possibly.
2: Which is which is a fair question, certainly. Uh yeah, I mean, obviously Robinson's a lot more comfortable than he was last time. I mean last time he came in he basically had like three practices to you know, to get ready and go. And so he's more comfortable. And uh you saw even in the fourth quarter of that Buffalo game, he, I think the his the way he runs more of a downhill runner. Michael Carter, a little more power than Michael Carter. I think you saw some of that take effect in the fourth quarter with that unbelievable, it was like the drive of the year. It was like 10 plays, I think 10 rushes. They just rammed it down the Bill's throat. And you saw the James Robinson of, from Jacksonville a couple of years ago emerge in that drive. So I do think um, when it's a power running situation, I think he'll be the guy. I think Michael Carter still, still brings more in terms of getting to the perimeter than Robinson does, but... I guess what I'm saying is I think it'll probably still be about a 50-50 split in terms of snaps played, and the Jets definitely want to run the ball today. It is windy here, by the way. Let me give you a little weather update. It is uh, fairly windy, so I think wind will be a factor. Running game will be a premium today.
1: Um, switching to the defense side of the ball, i saw you tweeted about Quinn and Williams and the, the season that he's happened. And talk to me about what you've seen and what's allowed him to be so productive.
2: Yeah, Kiwi. He, he's having uh, clearly his best year. I think he's one of the top, you know, two or three interior defensive linemen in the league. And uh, he's healthy. You know, he's uh, he wasn't healthy coming into last year. He missed a lot of training camp because of that foot surgery. And you know, when you miss that much time, it, it takes a while to catch up. You know, conditioning wise. But this year had a full off season. Came into camp in unbelievable shape. He had just had a dominant training camp. And he's really carried that over into the season and uh, really emerged as as a leader on the defense. Just having a, a really, really good year. He's clearly their number one uh, candidate for the Pro Bowl this year. I would vote him team MVP for the midseason you know, at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I think the Jet deep defensive line, they had six sacks, I believe, the last time they faced the Patriots. And I, I think they feel they have an edge over them. Physically. Now, the one difference in this game is David Andrews, the, you know, Patriots center is playing, he didn't play in the last game. So that is a big factor for the Patriots.
0: Um, just going back to the, uh, the offense is I'm so intrigued, uh, but, but, like to see what this offense is going to be able to do today against this Patriots defense. I know, no Corey Davis, he's out uh, things better with Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, I guess with Davis out getting an opportunity Uh, And, and of course, Conklin, one of the favorites target-wise for Zach Wilson in the passing game. Where do you think they find their success?
2: Well, they're going to have to. And uh, like I mentioned, the wind will be a factor. So uh, keep that in mind. And you know how Belichick's defenses operate. They're going to take away what you do best. And so uh, I would suspect they would overplay the running game. To try to force Zach Wilson to throw the ball. And now, who's his favorite target? We all know that Garrett Wilson, over the last couple of weeks, has been his favorite target. He's been put up really good numbers. Do you have to think Belichick is probably going to shade his coverage toward Garrett Wilson? So I think it's, it's really, really critical that Zach Wilson finds another reliable option in this game, whether it's Conklin. How about Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore has not caught a pass since his trade request, which I find very interesting. He's wow. gone three straight games without a catch. Last week, you know, well, not last week, but in the previous game, he played 27 snaps, had no targets. I think today, you know, him playing the slot would be a great opportunity to get him involved in the offense because they're going to need more than Garrett Wilson in the passing game today.
1: You also put out there that um, Zach Wilson struggles against man coverage. What What have you seen that points to that or why do you think that that's happening and how crucial is that going to be this week?
2: Yeah. um, Thanks for mentioning that tweet, uh, Kiwi, because I think it's going to be big in this game. The Patriots play really good man coverage. In fact, they're second in the league in opposing QBR in man coverage. They play a lot of it. It's about half the time, you know, give or take. And I asked Zach Wilson about that the other day. I'm like, I said, Zach, you know, a lot of teams play man to man. Why do they play it better? And he had an interesting comment. He said, if you took their DBs and put them in a one-on-one drill against wide receivers, they might not be the best at it. But when you put them in the context of their team defense, he said, they play it really well. They know how to use leverage. They know how to get help from their safeties and linebackers. So it's a it's a man-to-man, but it's like a help man-to-man. It's well choreographed, which is what you would expect from a Bill Belichick coach defense. So that's, that's what he is going to be up against today. And his numbers against man-to-man haven't been great. I think he's ranked 22nd out of 31 in the league among quarterbacks. And uh, some of that's on the receivers too, You know, winning at the line of scrimmage and getting separation. But I think, I think man-to-man causes Zach to hold the ball a little bit longer than he should, and I think he needs to get it out faster to be successful.
0: Last question for you. Um, Coach of the Year odds, Robert Sala sitting at eight to one. Sirianni is favored, Kevin O'Connell four to one, Brian Dable plus five fifty, uh, Mike McDaniel seven fifty, Vrabel fifteen to one, fifty, five zero, fifty to one. Could be an interesting play there if the Tennessee Titans continue to win like they do. But Robert Sala, eight to one. Your thoughts on him winning coach of the year this year, Rich?
2: Well, if they win, then talk to me at 4 o'clock today, you know. Well, the, the game, odds
0: won't be the same at 4 o'clock. That's the point. Yeah. That's the point of the conversation. I, I think
2: it's, He's hey, that's a good bet at those odds. Why not? I mean, because if, if – I think the Jets – I think the analytics say they have about a 72% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, if the Jets make the playoffs, that – I don't know – I know Jet fans realize it, maybe, but the casual fan doesn't realize how, I mean, 11 straight years out of the playoffs, and mm. if they come in here today and they beat the Patriots for the first time in seven years, I mean, it's just been like this curse, that they, this mm. mental wall that they have not been able to get over. If Sala's the guy who ends the seven-year drought, who gets them to the playoffs, mm-hmm. with a roster that... Everyone liked this roster, but no one thought it would be this good this quickly. Then I certainly think he would have a chance to win Coach of the
0: Year. Rich, thank you so much. Um, Always enjoy when you're on. Again, Rich, make sure you check out his podcast, Flight Deck, uh, and, of course, uh, all his columns on ESPN.com. Rich, thank you.
2: Thanks, Rich. All right, thanks. Talk to you next week. Thank you.
0: You got it. Your Jets report brought to you by 2 by London, the engagement shop by London Jewelers. Picker designed the perfect engagement ring to fit every budget – at any of their six area locations. Also, uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management for a pain-free life. Visit samuelpain.com, and also brought to you by FW Web and Wild McLean. Turn to one of FW Web's 100 plus locations for unparalleled Will McLean inventory. Visit fwweb.com uh, to find a convenient location near you. Quick break. We come back. It's time for Kiwi's Keys to the Game yet again. What do the Jets need to do? in order to beat the Patriots. 800 919 Sharif, I see you. We'll take your call. And also at the top of the hour, Mike Tannenbaum joins us right here on New York Game Day, 98.7 ESPN.
2: Get ready for Kiwi's keys to the game.
0: That's right. This portion of the show, presented by Robert Mandavi Private Selection Wines, the perfect way to elevate... The everyday, please enjoy responsibly 2022 Robert Mandavi private selection of Campo, California. And it it's time for yet again Kiwi's keys to the game. This time, of course, we're talking about the Jets and the Patriots. So, Kiwi, by the way, that was Connor McGregor on with uh, DiPietro and, uh, and Rothenberg, of course, here on. I'm sorry, McGovern? Sorry, Connor McGovern on with DiPietro and Rothenberg uh, here every Monday through Friday from 5 to 8 a.m. So with that being said, Kiwi, what are your keys to the game?
1: Yeah, these are, these are simple also. Um, uh, on defense, they need to continue to stop the run. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, they need to find a way to neutralize Matt Judon and then do not, do not, do not turn the ball over. I don't think this is, they're in a position where they can overcome uh, a lot of turnovers in this game. And when I say neutralize the pass rush of Matt Judon, it's not just stopping him from getting sacks. Like He cannot be... a disruptive factor in the game or their pass rush in general. You know, I, I think Zach needs to be able to, to have a clean pocket and be able to see down the field and, and treat him like a young guy that he is and allow him extra time and be patient with him and allow him to make good decisions.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't – like, Judon, to me, is just a, a complete beast. I, I mean, <laughs> how do you how do you do that? I, I mean
1: – You got you to gotta influence. You got to chip. You got to, you know, put – you know motion put people like around him so it just makes him uncomfortable um but more importantly it's 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 man to man right it's, it's one-on-one you gotta whoever has him has to be able to stand up man up and and get him keep him away from the quarterback like those are that's just that just is what it is but yeah it's it's a tall test don't be me wrong 11 and a half sacks leading the league I understand why um but if they want to come out of here with a win they're gonna have to do it
0: you know, I mean, I, I know I'm stating the obvious here, but, you know, the obvious is don't turn the ball over. Yep. Like, you know, give, give, your, give your defense. And I'm not sure if I – I think I, I shared this story with you uh, last week, right? So I was in Baltimore, and I was covering the, the Ravens, and uh, Brian Billick was the head coach. Rex Ryan was the defensive coordinator. Of course, it was, you know, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Tony Saragusa and those guys. And Kyle Bowler was the starting quarterback – and 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 Brian would walk into the defensive meeting like on <laughs> Friday and just be like, guys, no mm-hmm. more than 10 points. Mm-hmm. Like we're 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 not going to be we're not going to be putting up more than 10 points. Mm-hmm. So all, all you can allow is a touchdown. That's all yep. you can allow in order for us to win the game.
1: Mm-hmm. So you can only you know, can only do it, that it, with some of those great defenses. Though you can only because to a lot of a lot of defenses, that would be deflating. But to a, a group. <laughs> with that many Hall of Famers, like that's a, that's a challenge. We, they would take it on. Um, not every team is like that and I don't think the the Jets are at that point yet, but they could get there. But for right now, you know, they're gonna need a little help from the offenses. And by help I mean just don't mess it up. <laughs> we got a good don't thing turn going the here, ball. guys. Don't yeah.
0: <laughs> Right? Don't turn the ball over. Just that's don't it. turn the ball over. Um <laughs> Uh just some quick update here before we take a break and of course when we come back, Mike Tannenbaum will join us on the program. But reports out of Pittsburgh is that Najee Harris is going to get the bulk of the carries against the Bengals. So uh, just explain this to me, Kiwi, okay? Mm-hmm. You've got a ba- – and, and the, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of uh, Victor Cruz. So you've got, you've got a back that was uh, um, not a free agent but uh, undrafted rookie who comes into camp in Jalen Warren and outperforms Najee in camp – and as well as in the season. This dude is averaging seven yards per carry. He marinating that for a minute, okay? Seven yards per carry. Najee, we know they drafted him in the first round, right? Like, getting paid the money. Um, he's dealing with a foot injury. Apparently, he's been dealing with a foot injury all season long. But you're still going to go back to Najee, and he's going to get the bulk of, I was hoping that this would be the week that they would unleash Warren and give him, you know, 15 to 20 carries a game. Like, doesn't, as, as a player, doesn't that frustrate you that, you know, you know, obviously, and we don't have a small sample size. It's, we're going into week 11. It's a pretty big sample size. And this dude is averaging seven yards per carry. As a player, wouldn't you be frustrated?
1: Yeah. So I've been on both sides of that. So I was, although 32nd, I was the first rounder. I snuck in there and, you know, there's, there's always more consideration given to high draft picks. It just Mm -hmm. is what it is. I'll be honest. I benefited from it. And then I also saw the other side of it. Right. Um, And so I think sometimes they, they want to make absolutely sure before they move on from a guy that they've invested a lot of money in that, that this is, this is it. Right. So I think there, there's some of that going on. Um, But yeah, from a, from a player's standpoint, you just want to win, you know, and you, and it's not always, as you get older, you realize it is not personal. You know, everybody, you know, at some point has to, you know, take a back role it's not personal we just want to put the best player on the field so that we can get a win so yes it is frustrating as a player to see it happen um was i in that position absolutely you know there there are times especially when i moved a linebacker where you know i'm still learning you know how to get in certain positions and trying to do all this stuff on the fly um and they're leaving me out there and allowing me to to make make my mistakes and and whatnot so uh, i get it um but yeah at the end of the day as as you grow and progress in this league and you get older you realize you know, we don't we don't have enough time we don't have a whole lot of time you know as a team or as a you know team for one year to to be out here kind of you know experimenting or messing around and so yeah i see the frustration i understand the 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 call for frustration in terms of you know making a switch
0: so i just you know it's uh, it's 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 one of those things where you know money and politics plays a role in regards to uh, who starts and who plays in the NFL as opposed to best player available. Uh, quick break. We come back. It's our uh, 10 a.m. hour. It means Mike Tannenbaum joins the show. Stay tuned. All that coming your way next here on 90.7 ESPN.